So I want to welcome everybody to a special episode of The Real World. Normally, you used to hear me on Wednesdays, but because of, uh, I'll say the nature of today's podcast, I decided to do it on a Thursday. Um, Roughly two years ago, I lost somebody that was very special to me. Uh, My grandmother ended up passing away from stage four lung cancer that was directly caused by smoking. Um, So while this isn't a PSA, I wanted to share a few stories of her life um, and how they directly impacted me and made me the person that I am. Uh, If I'll be completely honest, my grandmother was a really, really dope woman. There's so many great things that I could say about her, uh, but I hope you kind of get the humor in some of the stories, the craziness, uh, the good, the bad, and it just, you know, kind of shows exactly what person she was and why she meant so much to me. even later in life, uh, I can honestly say that she was one of my best friends. Uh, anybody that knows me, um, anytime I went to play ball on the weekends, uh, I lived probably 30 minutes away from her. Uh, I would always go to my grandmother's house afterwards and just kind of kick it with her for a few hours. If she needed somebody to buy groceries, uh, <laughs> vacuuming the house, cleaning the ceiling fans, all of this manual labor stuff. Uh, that was stuff that I always had no problem taking care of. So uh, I'm kind of titling this format based upon there was an old show that was made from something on Twitter. Crazy shit that my dad says. Well, this is crazy shit that my grandmother says. So uh, first story for you. Um, you could paint this picture as me being, I don't know, at least less than two. I'm just starting to talk. Uh I can say mommy, daddy, grandmother, grandpa. And my grandmother said, hey, I'm your only grandmother, right? Um, At the time, like my dad's mom was very much a part of my life. She told me that she was my grandmother and that my dad's mom was my other grandmother. Now, while you might think this is crazy, I'm 36 years old and I still call my, my dad's mom other grandmother, uh, to kind of have the audacity to tell somebody that not only are they like not the same grandmother, but you tell that to a child and that's kind of the way that it's shaped the relationship that I have with my dad's mom, even again, 36 years later, tells you just kind of how strong my grandmother is when she wants to put her mind down or her foot down for something. So uh, shout out to my other grandmother. That's not a disrespectful thing. She actually loves it because she finds it unique. Kids say the darndest things, and because of that, that's one of those things that kind of shows that my grandmother doesn't really play even when she's trying to. Um, Another crazy thing about my grandmother, uh, she's from down south. So she's lived in D.C., you know, 95% of her life, but her family's southern. Given that her family's southern, I'm pretty sure that anybody that knows, like, how southern people get down realizes where this is probably going to go. My mom and my aunt would always tell me my grandmother was crazy. She would beat us from, you know, here to tomorrow. We're picking switches off door or trees. They had a special belt that they're getting beat with. And while that was always their truth, um, one of the cool things I can say is even from being a, a young child, my grandmother never actually had to put her hands on me. So I don't know if that makes it seem like I'm a great kid. I probably wasn't. Uh, I do what all kids do, and that's doing whatever the hell we want. But certainly with that, um, 
that started a foundation with me uh, that sticks even now with how I deal with conflict or how I just deal with issues. Um, she always said, like, look, I'm going to talk to you. Now, she would certainly give me that look like if you don't stop doing what you're doing, I'm going to, you know, knock your head off. But certainly, even as a child, she understood that she could talk to me. And I think that's the foundation for why we were so close. No matter what issue it was, no matter what I did, whatever kind of craziness that I went through, um, as long as I talked to her about it, it would be a problem, sure, but it ain't really a problem. Uh, I remember in high school, uh, there was a time where they went out of town. She wanted me to dog sit. So I had the house to myself. Um, that meant, you know, <laughs> me and the dog were chilling. I had a bunch of food in the crib. Uh, anything I wanted to do was perfectly fine. I couldn't have a bunch of people over because that was a period where your neighbors told on you. Um, but with that being said, somehow just me being a dumb kid in high school, I had a pen. Uh, somehow this pen exploded. It's like a big ink stain on like my grandmother's carpet in her bedroom. I want to say the carpet in the bedroom might have been like a light blue or something. So it was real unique. So before Granny, you know, got to this, I'm like, yo, I'm just going to tell you now, um, I had an accident. I don't know how to get this up, but I just wanted to tell you. And while she cursed me out, it, and it wasn't a negative thing because she, again, my granny was a very strong woman, so she curses people out. She was like, yeah, or no, here's what she said. She didn't say she She's like, Darrell, I appreciate you telling me, but you know that that was really stupid of you to get this on my carpet. You're going to have to come over and now cut the grass for a couple of days or a couple of weeks for free to pay for me to have my carpet clean. Granny was always uh, smart with money, I'll say. I don't want to say the things that my other family members say, um, but they, not that they're derogatory, but she's definitely tight with it. So, of course, I did that. Um, she had me on a schedule that was crazy where I played baseball in the springtime and she'd call me the day before because this was before cell phones. Like, yo, your grandfather's going to pick you up tomorrow. Be ready. Granny, I got a game. I don't care. Uh, what time is your game in? Like six. Oh, OK, he'll be at school at six o'clock to pick you up. Then you're going to come over and cut the grass for us. Again, grandmother's mad crazy, but that was our relationship, so I would always take care of it. Um, One of the reasons that I admired her, if I'm going to be real, uh, is that I, th I always saw that she got things done. Whatever it was that she wanted to do, if she put her mind to it, she kind of made it happen. And so there's a time uh, between my ninth and 10th grade years of high school. Uh, in Maryland, you're supposed to complete a certain amount of volunteer hours every for every year, or at least throughout your four years of high school. I didn't really know how I was going to do mine, so she said, hey, okay, why don't you go and work for the rec center? They do volunteers over the summer. They have summer camp. I'm sure they'll love the help. So she basically picked up the phone spoke to the director of the rec center. He wasn't really trying to like do that. He was like, well, we already got our volunteers for the summer. So then my grandmother started throwing her weight around. Well, yo, I know X. I'm one of the reasons why this whole entire rec center got built. It was a brand new facility in our, in that neighborhood. S still super nice. Um, so she's like, yo, like, here's what's going to happen. My grandson's going to start on Monday. You're going to, you're going to be excited to have him. And if you need me to, I can certainly put a call on the people that are above you and say that you didn't want volunteer help. Now, uh, I showed up on Monday. 
the guy was like super nice, but he also was like leery of me just because of how, you know, my grandmother bullied him into kind of doing what she wanted him to do. He was younger. He might have been in his 40s or 50s. My grandmother at this point is clearly like a 60 year old plus lady. And she straight bullied this guy. He nothing he could do. And my grandmother was always a bully with people and how she handled business. So because of that, she got it done. I had a summer job, had the time of my life, um, didn't get paid for any of it, but basically went to school or not school, went to work, played with kids all day, played basketball all day and had a good time. It was a great summer. Um, let's fast forward that to another story of how crazy my grandmother is. And this is one where I've always thought it was strange how it kind of went down. Um, so my grandmother was always really politically aware. Being that, she was always involved. She was that person that's at the polls, handing out stuff, uh, going to meetings, new people. And there apparently was an incident between her and the state senator of her district. Uh, she wanted to support somebody else. She didn't really like the woman, so they never really got along. They actually lived in the same neighborhood, too, maybe like two streets over. So the way it was, uh, we got internships in high school. My internship was to work uh, that summer for our state senator. So I knew all of this, or at least the backstory of it. But my grandmother said to me, and I quote, do not tell that woman you're my grandson. I don't need her treating you any differently, because if I have to come up there, I'm going to have to put hands on her. I don't know who's my grandmother's going to put hands on at 60 some years old, but OK, I rock with it. So uh, I go. I'm there for like a week and everything's fine. Uh, there are no issues. So I come home, my grandmother's like, Hey, tomorrow I'm going to come up and I'm going to, um, fry past the job. I'm like, why? She's like, I just want her to know who she's dealing with just in case that she tries something stupid or funny. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll rock with it. So fast forward to that Monday, uh, granny comes to work with me. Um, when she walks in, you see the look on the Senator's face. Like, what are you doing here? She's like, Hey, well, I'm just here to, you know, bring lunch to my grandson. Senator's face turns white, like, wait, what? That's your that's your grandson? She's like, yeah. Problem with that? She's like, no, he's great. He's such a good kid. And what made it funny was that, you know, after my grandmother left, like, you know, she asked me, she was like, why didn't you tell me that Lou was your grandmother? And I'm like, I'll be completely honest with you. The reason I didn't tell you is because she told me not to. She wanted you to judge me based on me and not the interactions you guys have had in the past. And so because of that, I'm way more scared of my grandmother than I would be scared of a job. Just going to be honest. So I did what she said. A uh, woman was like, well, you know, your grandmother's feisty, but we have a good working relationship. All stuff that I knew was not true, but I kind of went with it. Um, it's just funny how people view you. And they make assumptions on you based upon like your family and who people know. So for the rest of the summer, she was super nice to me. Never had any problems. Even after that, um, she's always been like a resource for me. So shout out to Senator Lala. Doubt you'll ever hear this, but it was always a funny story. Uh, let's fast forward to something else that I thought was crazy that my grandmother did or she said to me. And this is probably one of the things where, again, it was a life lesson in it. Um I myself used to do uh, mock trial 
anybody that's familiar or not familiar with it, you fake like you're a lawyer in high school and you try cases. You have like a certain set of facts that everybody agrees on and you make up everything else to try to suit your case. So we had a match one day and Granny decided to come in and watch it just to support. So she did. So match is going fine. Um, I'm a smart ass in high school. I thought I knew it all. Uh, if anybody knew me, you know that I was super arrogant and I thought that I knew everything. Uh, the way that everything ended up going down, um, there was a disagreement between me and the judge on a set of facts. He agreed with me and said that I was right, but wasn't really feeling something about it and he wanted to hear more. And from my perspective, like that's not how the rules of court work. You have to follow the same rules that I do. So what you're not going to do is tell me I'm right, but you still want to like go with something. So I'm visibly frustrated. I'm pissed off. Uh, by the time I finish answering my questions or giving my questions to uh, the defendant, I believe I slammed down my notepad and, you know, like I sat down and I'm seething and you can see like fire coming out of my eyes, like eyes are squinted if anybody knows me. So while people are paying attention, it's like, whoa, he's really upset and he's angry. Now, we end up winning the case and my coaches are like, yo, uh, you know, you got to do better with, with handling your temper. So before they, you know, right after they finished talking to me, my grandmother pulled me to the side and she said, come here, young man, which is what she would say to me when she wanted to be serious. It's something that I want to tell you. The honest truth is that people can look at you and see that you're a really smart kid. You know your things. You got your stuff going. You speak well. You present well. But nobody's listening or watching you if you show your temper like that or if you flip out. So the last thing you need to do is give anybody a reason to stop paying attention to your greatness. I believe in you. But you have to show me that all the time so that everybody else believes in you and they know it's all true, too. So because of that, if I'm being real, that's kind of always why I'm so composed in public or in most situations. It's super, super rare that you ever see me. And this is me being personal. Lose my temper. Like if I lose my shit, it must be a lot going on or it uh, took a lot for me to get to that point. Because I've been trained so much at this point to kind of control that, not show that side of me, at least not in public, so that I present better. Um, that brings me forward to some of the funnier stories that I have with my grandmother. Now, again, my grandmother's been running stuff in my family forever. And I based my college schedule around her at one point because I would take her to doctor's appointments on, on Fridays do different things around the house. And so one of these Fridays, I went home. Um, she used to pick me up from the subway, and then we drive all over town. So Granny, before she drops me off, she was just like, hey, I want to ask you a question. I'm like, okay, what's up? Well, Darrell, I notice you have a lot of shoes. And the men in my day, they didn't really have the amount of shoes that you have. Me, I'm like, okay, what does that mean? Well, and don't take this the wrong way, because I don't know, and I'm just going to say that. Like, what's up, Granny? Are you gay? So instantly, I'm offended. Like, yo, my grandmother just said that I'm gay. But I caught my composure, and I'm like, no. Like, why would you say that? 
her reaction or her response was, well, you know, you don't really bring girls home and I see you dressing a certain kind of way. It's not that I think that you dress in a feminine way. You just have a lot of clothes and I'm just not used to men dressing like that. And I'm like, well, times have changed, Granny. I got to be fly. Like, do you, you watch any of the stuff on TV? I, I want to be like them. Like, I want to dress like Jay-Z. I want to dress like Fab. I ain't wear jerseys, but that was what I was trying to go for. Like, I wanted to be cool. I'm wearing Sean John. I thought Rockerwear was hot. Because of that, you know, I had sweaters and T-shirts and hoodies and everything. And I had a different pair of sneakers or a different pair of uh, Tim's or whatever shoes to match exactly what I was rocking. And she's just not used to that. Like, if you got some sneakers that got yellow in it because you got on a yellow and gray sweatshirt, she's like, I, I don't see men doing like that because that wasn't how my grandfather got down. Like, grandpa had, you know, the basics. You had the black shoes, the white shoes. You had your dress shoes and uh, black burgundy and brown. That's kind of it. <laughs> you, you didn't really do too much other than that. And so because of that, she's now looking at me thinking, like, I'm doing a lot. So... I had to tell her, like, no, I'm not gay. I'm perfectly straight. And that's how we rock with it. So we have another crazy story from college. Um, and I blame my cousin for this. We came home for Easter once. And because we both went to school locally, uh, coming home was nothing. So we're sitting around at the dinner table. My cousin says out loud to everybody, yo, I got to ask you a question, Darrell. This never seems like something that's going to go well, right? Especially when somebody says, I have to ask you something in front of everybody else. She says, is the girl you're messing with like a lesbian? My boy happened to come home with me. He bust out laughing. My grandmother's looking at me like mad confused. Like, what What do you mean? Why, why are you saying that he's dating a lesbian? So I got to tell her like, yo. If she's dating me and with me, how is she a lesbian? I'm not saying that she's not a little friendly, but what I'm saying is, how is she a lesbian? So Granny's just like, so first I ask you if you're gay and now you're dating a lesbian. What in the world is wrong with you? Like, you clearly got something going on where everybody's thinking something's funny when it comes to you and your sexuality. Again, my boy bust out laughing. I'm pretty sure that he's told other people this story on campus, like all of our friends. And I'm shocked it wasn't a bigger deal because he laughed his ass off. Um, now, what she ended up doing, like what she really did to it was like, you know, to my cousin, you're being ridiculous. Like, obviously, he's not messing with a lesbian. I'm sure she's a pretty girl. You've always had pretty women. So leave him alone. But the fact that my family actually thought I was messing with a lesbian and it took a cosign from my grandmother to get them to kind of back off tells you something. Um... Tells you my grandmother's crazy as hell. Uh, last story I'll probably tell. Um, during her time with cancer, uh, it was a cute couple of things that kind of stood out. Just how strong my grandmother was. Uh, I would personally take her to appointments every once in a while. And not to make myself sound bigger than I am. Um, but afterwards, she would just kind of want to grab some food and then just kind of chill out. So I would hang around and work from home those days. Uh she needed to buy a new stove. Something was wrong with her stove. So Granny, I've never seen her in moments where she's kind of not been like a strong just presence, kind of larger than life in my life. Even though she's, you know, 
as an old person, she's had surgeries, gone through things. But because of that, we went to Best Buy to buy her a stove. I've never seen my grandmother walk so slow. But even with that, it was like, you know what? I'm doing all of this stuff. I don't need anybody's help. I'm certainly very capable to handle my business. And regardless through it all, that was always her thing. It's like, you can help me out a little bit, but the truth is you have to be strong enough to deal with any situation. And that's what that showed me. So she walked her little slow behind from, I believe I drove her car uh, to Best Buy. She sat down, we got her stove, took her back to the house and she was good. Um, I want to say from the time that she was diagnosed to the time that she passed, that might've been a like an eight month period or so. And of that eight months, like my grandmother was still very self-sufficient, even up until the end where she did everything on her own. Uh, the only thing that she didn't do is she just didn't leave the house as often, just, you know, just being fair. So she would always have me grocery shop for her. She didn't like when my mom do it or my aunt would do it. For some reason, we always had this connection. So she's like, hey, I know you can get me exactly what I want. The girls are going to mess that up. How I'm the boy and I did that, I'll never know. But it shows you how close we were. So one particular evening, I'm like, hey, Granny, I got a date. Uh, I'll come back after my date, buy you the stuff that you want, and everything will be cool. She's like, okay, cool. So me, of course, being me. Date went, ran way longer than I expected it. So I take the shorty with me to my grandmother's house. Like, we go grocery shopping at like 8 p.m. Um, Mind you, I think my grandmother was thinking that I'd be back to the house by like 2 or 3-ish or something like that. So we get to her house. All of the lights are out. Now, I know damn well my grandmother doesn't go to sleep at 8 o'clock. So I'm thinking to myself like, I got my own key, so it's all good, but something's going to kick off. So I come into the house, put the groceries away. Shorty's sitting in the living room. I turn the light on. She's sitting on the, uh, the couch. So my grandmother's like, she calls my name. All I hear is Darrell. Like, hey, grandmother, it's me. Uh, I'm here putting the groceries away. So she's like, come here for a second. Yo, my grandmother cursed me out uh, every which way but down. I don't think I've seen her this angry at me probably ever. And I'm sitting here like, yo, like I did what I said I was going to do. I told you I was going to be late. And she's like, no, you should have done this. You should have done that. And she was pissed off at me. So after taking this for a couple of minutes from her, I'm honestly seething pissed off because I'm like, yo, I'm doing you a favor. Like, how dare you get, get come at me like that? Now, I didn't say that, but that's, of course, how I was feeling and probably why I didn't just let it go the way that I should. So I'm the only thing that got my grandmother to stop, I swear to God, I'm like, so you do realize that the girl that I, that I went out on a date with is sitting in the living room right now. She's like, oh, let me act differently because you have company. Like, wait, what? So she goes out and introduces herself to the girl. She's like, hi, young lady. I am Darrell's grandmother. I'm sorry that you get to hear me uh, yelling and screaming at him, but I am the hellraiser of the family. And when he doesn't do something correctly, I'm the one that's going to get in his behind and make sure that he does it right. Girls looking like, oh, shit. Even me. And I'm like, yo, you didn't just say that. So 
moral of the story, <laughs> even at the end of my life, my grandmother was still a battle axe. Um, she's not the per- type of person that wanted to apologize for much. Uh, we had beef for all of like a day and a half. Um, but she does, you know, fortunately see the bigger picture. And when I was being stubborn because I'm in my feelings, you know, like, yo, how would you act like that in front of company? Why would you treat me like that? And you know, I'm down for the cause. She decided to be like, you know what? You'll never hear this from me again, but I am sorry. You are right. I did overreact. Maybe you did say what you said. You said either way, it's all water under the bridge. I'll see you tomorrow. And she was right. I came over tomorrow and we kicked it. So that shows you just how crazy my grandmother is in one aspect. But she was super smart and decided that like certain things just weren't worth the the argument. We weren't going to keep that going for too long. A day and a half was enough. So I've literally spent um, probably 20 plus minutes discussing the craziness of the relationship with my grandmother and the things that I've learned. Uh, I'd love to tell everybody to cherish people while they're here. Um, We can always have these moments to remember just different things and funny stories when they're gone. But the purpose that we really want is that we just want to live them and kind of enjoy the moments that we have. You never know when things are going to end. Life is fleeting. We all say that it's long, and it is, but we don't have our parents or our family members forever. And the truth of the matter is, you know, I never thought that my grandmother would leave. Sounds ridiculous and corny, of course, but you don't imagine your parent or your your grandparents or anybody that you love, to be honest, just not being here with you. Make sure you take lessons from those people every day. Make sure you do a better job of maybe communicating with people every day. Something I struggle with personally but I want to do better specifically because of just how much my grandmother meant to me and how she was able to connect herself with so many different people, even in her old age. She gave everybody cards. I'm not sending y'all home our cards because I'm just not paying for it, but I can send people texts. I can give people calls. I can even leave voicemails. I know it's a novel thing, but old people still use that. So uh, that's just me talking a little bit about my relationship with granny. I love you and I miss you. Um, This has been another episode of The Real World. If you like this, like and subscribe on SoundCloud. Like and subscribe on iTunes. We're everywhere you want to find podcasts. I appreciate you listening. Another episode. Thanks again, everybody. We out.